Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! I guess there was a time when I liked the NBA All-Star game, uh, but I gave it a shot last night only because I felt almost out of obligation uh, based on the whole scenario with... Um, you know, with uh, with on Wednesdays there, I figured that that was going to be a topic this week, so I tried. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, uh, that is, I, I can't watch it. I, I just, I can't watch a game where they score 180 points. I mean, they had 99-92 at the half. Nobody plays defense. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a complete disaster. I mean... Uh, it's it's unwatchable. I don't get into the actual drafting of the players at 7.30 at night. I, 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 I just can't get into it. I mean, and I, I'd have to go back and, you know, really think hard if there was a time. I know 93, I, I missed the All-Star game. I was into it. The 94 game in Minnesota, I couldn't get that wrapped up in it. That's when Pippen won the MVP. Maybe in the 80s, I got into it. I, I, I can't sit there and ever think that the All-Star game was something I had to watch. I do remember an All-Star game when it was early on in Julius's NBA career where he played great. It may have been the game in Milwaukee where Irving played great in the game. And I remember the it was either Tommy Heinsohn, whoever did the game for, uh, at the time, either CBS or ABC. So it wouldn't have been Heinsohn if it was ABC. But if it was a CBS game, that Tommy said, that's the Irving that we all heard about in the ABA, and we saw it in today's All-Star game. And he won the MVP. Uh, outside of that, I, I can't, I mean, I, I don't know if I was, you know, had to watch it when I was younger, but boy, oh boy, these games are impossible. And I know, uh, you know, from a cultural standpoint, yeah, you know, everybody seems to think it's must-watch television. I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what audience is watching it. Maybe it's the younger fan. I know maybe Timmy Russo watched it. I, I'd have to ask him, you know, I don't think he did though, but I, 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 I can't, I can't get into it. I mean, I just can't. I know yesterday was a little unique with Jokic and uh, Embiid playing on the same team, same front line as they played for Team LeBron. They were drafted, but I, and ironically, they lost, but I, I can't watch the game. I mean, I can't watch a game where there's nobody cares about defense. The intensity level is awful. They score 185, 190 points. I, I can't watch. We all know it's an exhibition, and I, I, to be fair about it, the other All-Star games are a joke, too. I mean, let's be honest. They stopped the NBA or the NFL All-Star game because nobody cared about that Pro Bowl and you know it was not representative football people didn't want to get injured then have to sit there for five months and deal with rehab so that game was a mess uh, the All-Star game the baseball All-Star game uh, I can't get I can't watch that under any circumstances so I want to be fair about it this is just not about the NBA the baseball All-Star game nothing on the line uh, interleague uh, this is not 1972 and Pete Rose, or 1970 with Pete Rose running into Ray Fossey. Uh, I, I can't get into that either, and I have no interest in the hockey. So, I mean, I, I don't know. To be fair, I guess this is more of a monologue on the disasters of these All-Star games, but since the NBA one was yesterday, it's fresh in my mind. 
the NBA, the baseball all-star game. It's a, it's a nice hot summer night. I can find something else to do and not pay attention to it. The NFL, I'm traveling that Sunday anyway. I don't have to pay attention to it. The NHL is in between. Uh, you know, it's basically the same weekend as the Pro Bowl, so I don't have to pay And I'm traveling uh, usually, so I don't have to pay attention to it. You know, yesterday, there's nothing, on, there's nothing on. I mean, it's the week after the Super Bowl. They can't go much later than that because it's a, they already played 60 games. I mean, they got 20 games to go. I mean, it's ridiculous with the timing of it. You know, All-Star Game is supposed to be midway point of the season. It's not supposed to be three quarters of the way through. I mean, geez, but I can't watch it. Uh, I just, I, I can't. I mean, how Brian Anderson caused that game with a straight face, I have no idea. I did not watch the slam dunk. I saw the highlights of the kid winning. You know, it was on the practice, it was on the, what, he got a, they got a two-way contract for a week. He had great dunks. Uh, I did not watch that, and I did not watch the three-point shooting. I, I, I cannot get into the NBA All-Star weekend. And part of it's the time. You just got off a of football season. You just spent, you know, basically every weekend of the year from Labor Day right up until uh, Super Bowl Sunday of watching nothing but heavy of heavy sports, college and NFL football, playoff football, Super Bowls, and then to turn around six days later and say, oh boy, it's Team Jordan tonight against its one rising star team against another rising star team six days after Chiefs play the Eagles. I, I, I'm sorry, I can't do it. And, you know, listen, I know at times, and I've been at many an All-Star game, I covered many an All-Star game, I've covered four or five of them, right? You know, Minnesota, Salt Lake City, New York. I've I, I went to the games in Brooklyn, so I've covered a lot of them. I can't. I I just can't under under any circumstances. I cannot wrap my arms around them. I just can't. You know, ten years ago, thirteen. Oh, no, let's see. Yeah, ten years ago, twelve years ago, when my kids were playing, uh, you know, uh, bas- travel basketball. And, you know, they, they, they loved getting together on a Saturday night to watch that stuff. So I would watch it with them. I remember I took two of the kids to see the, uh, the, the Saturday scenario in Brooklyn with the three. I think Curry won a three-point shooting and Zach Levine may have won the dunk. I, I, but when they had the game in uh, the Barclays, but I, I, I just can't. And I tried last night. I tried. I watched the pregame stuff. I watched the introduction stuff. I watched about uh, the first six minutes of the first quarter. Uh, I, I and I got a halftime score. I cannot. Uh, I I just I I can't. I mean I, I I you have to play a little defense. You have to have a little animosity against your opponent. Uh, you know I know they're playing for charity, so I know that their hearts are in the right place. But I can't. I can't watch it. And I'd, I'd be shocked if that got a decent rating. Shocked. Shocked. The baseball, you know, the rating is about the same. I thought they uh, did a terrible job when they took off the home field advantage. At least that was a reason to watch because there'd be a little something on the game. The baseball all-star game, they can be completely fair. That is unwatchable too. Okay. That is a love fest. I mean, I think the difference with the baseball is I think home run derby is better their Monday night is better than the NBA's Saturday night. So uh, I do think that the Home Run Derby is a much better event, especially now that they have bracketed it and you know they got 50,000 fans on a hot summer night. I think their Monday night is better than the day before the NBA All-Star game, but the game itself I can't watch. I can't watch it. And forget the football. And forget the hockey. These All-Star games have gone by the way of uh, interleague, um, 
fraternization with the athletes, nothing on the line. It's it's basically a, you know it's a it's a weekend all get together and pat each other on the back with advertisers. And I can't. I I I'm not, I watch enough sports that counts. I'm not watching that under any circumstances. That's the first thing about the All Star Game. Second thing, you know, Durant and Irving. What are they nuts? Irving is talking about trying to manage an 82-game schedule and how hard it is with load management. Well, then how come Jordan did it every year? How come Bird played 82 games? How come Kareem did? How are they able to do this and not you guys? I don't understand. And they didn't make as much money as you guys. So, I mean, I understand that, you know, you make the more money, the less you want to work. I get that. But how did Bird and Magic and, you know, Jordan and, and Wilt and Russell and Kareem, how did they all play 82 games? It's not like they added 10 games in the last three years. They've been playing 82 games for basically since the invention of the season, since 1946. So how in the world did the, 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 the superstar who's still alive today, how did Bird play 82 games? I understand. Jordan played 82 games every year. So he can and Kyrie and these guys, load management can't. Really? I understand. That's number one. And then Adam Silva, who is, let's face it, a very soft commissioner who is, you know, and he's a great guy. Everybody loves him. And I think he, I think he means well, but he, he placates his players constantly. For him to do a big press conference over the weekend and tell us that load management is an overrated problem. What are you, smoking? Guys playing 55 games? Well, let me ask you a question. If it's such an underrated, uh, overrated problem, then why don't you play a 55-game schedule? Why don't you chop off 20 games on the schedule and play 60 games? That way everybody plays. We all think the NBA regular season is way too long anyway. I mean, everybody knows that 82 games is ridiculous. Why don't you chop 20 off? And for the same token, why doesn't baseball chop 150, chop games off? The difference between baseball and the basketball is that no record in the individual season means anything in basketball while it does in baseball. Home runs, for instance, with Judge, things like that. Wins with, you know, McLean, and not that anybody's going to win 30 games anymore, uh, but the ERA with Gibson. I mean, there's a, there, there's a, there's a significant hitting 400. There is a significance in baseball's regular season from a historical standpoint. There's no significance in an NBA regular season. None. None. Outside of maybe 50, averaging 50 points, which nobody's going to do. But if Adam Silver says that, you know, load management's not a big deal, well, then fine. Chop 20 games off the schedule. Play 58 games, and you all can play 58 games. How in the world can you sit there and say that load management's not a big deal? When the prices that you are paying for the NBA, these games, I mean, do they give you a discount when Kawhi Leonard and George decide not to play or when Giannis takes weeks off? Uh, or, or do they give you a discount when and half the league decides to take a few days off and Kyrie and Durant, do they give you a discount? You know what? Durant and Irving are playing tonight, so here's a discount. Harden's out. Well, he plays, so I'll, I'll leave him alone. But you get the idea. Do they get a discount? Do you get a discount? So certain somebody such and such isn't in the lineup today. He's going to miss this, so you can pay half of your ticket price. See, the NBA's problem is they sell personality and big star, and then the big star doesn't deliver and show up every night. So if you sell, you don't sell team, you sell player in the NBA. You do not sell team. Nobody's running to, the, to buy the tickets to the Cavaliers. You sell player. That's what you sell. You sell the big star, the NBA historically, has always been run by the big star. Going back to Mikan, the big star. And if the big star decides to take days off and doesn't show up, well, then you know what? How about a discount? 
because I'm here to see the big star. So the NBA is saying that load man. Now maybe maybe Silva's doing that on purpose because they're they're dealing with a negotiation with with an opt out with the with the with the with the con- labor agreement. So I just want to pick tick anybody off on the player side. Maybe that's it. There might be a hidden reason. But I mean, geez, to sit there and say that the you know load management is an overrated discussion and it's not as big a deal. What are you crazy? I mean, come on, Adam, huh? Please. If it's if it's not that big a deal, play fifty nine games and nobody will make a big deal about it. Oh, we can't do that. That's twenty. Oh, because then they'd have to get the money back. So if, if you're gonna schedule eighty two games, then I want the big stars who are making forty million dollars a year playing a fair representation of that schedule without injury. Seventy five, whatever that number is, pick it. That's number two, and then number three, they can't be more clueless at times. How about Durant saying? the other day, that all these trades is great for the league. What, I mean, listen, I understand that the NBA player and the folks who cover the NBA are in this incredible bubble and they don't realize, they don't know the real world. I, I get that. Uh, go ahead, play it for him, Colin, if you have the Durant thing so we get the quotes right. Here's Durant on Friday night or Saturday when he met the media. Listen up. I don't think it's bad for the league. It's bringing more eyes to the league. More people are more excited. The tweets that I got and the the news hits that we got from me being traded, Kyrie being traded, just bring more attention to the league. And that's really what makes you money is when you get more attention. So um, I think it's great for the league, to be honest. Teams been trading players and making acquisitions for a long time. Now when a player can, you know, kind of dictate where he wants to go and leaving free agency or demand a trade is just part of the game now so i don't think it's a bad thing it's bringing more and more excitement um, to the game go ask the Brooklyn net fan if it's bringing more assignment see that's a guy who doesn't get it fans don't like no listen this this is not the phoenix suns fan who's happy now but fans hate the idea that the player bails out of his contract demands trades wants to play with his buddy, wants to join up with his, you know, make it easy. And, you know, LeBron with Anthony Davis, LeBron with Bosh and Wade, you know, George with, um, with, uh, uh, with Kai, Ka- Kawhi, Irving with, uh, with Durant, and here's Harden, and Harden's with Embiid. The NBA, the NBA fan hates that, hates it, Abs- despises it. Durant joining the Golden State team. I mean, they can't stand it. I mean, that is really not having... Why? Because you get a couple of tweets from a couple of your buddies hanging... They're not the fans we're referring to. I come on, who you leave tickets to at the front door? Uh, your agent? What are you, crazy? That's not the fan we're talking about. What, 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 the people that I talk to when Kyrie demands to be traded and Durant wants to be traded and Kawhi wants out and Harden wants out and, you know, George wants out, and these guys bailing left and right. Uh, Anthony Davis bailing out on New Orleans, Paul on 3,000 teams. What, what I see and what I hear and what I get with the phone calls, I don't get the idea that it's a buzz for the league. I get, boy, this is pa- player empowerment, which is against the league. Nobody's going to get upset if the player is making $40 million a year. 
What they do get upset about is when the player signs a $300 million contract somewhere and three months in, he doesn't like what his team is doing, so he either gets the coach fired gets uh, and or demands to be traded, and the team's got no choice because they got to trade him. That's what the fan gets turned off by. The fan does not get embellished by that and doesn't get jacked up by that. Ah, for a half a day, you get a call on it. And, you know, you get PJ on to break it down. Uh, but that is terrible for the league because it kills the player. You're going to look at Durant the same now? Is Durant's championship in Phoenix when he wins one, and he will. Durant's championship in Phoenix is going to be the same to a sports fan as a championship that he would have won in Oklahoma City? What? How's that possible? He grew up in Oklahoma City. He played in the Golden State, the Nets, and Phoenix, and he demanded to be out on all three scenarios. So his championship in Phoenix, where he plays 30 games, is going to mean as much as playing eight years in Oklahoma City. What are you, smoking? Which championships meant more? The one in Cleveland for LeBron or the two in Miami or the three in Miami? Well, he won two in Miami. The two in Miami that he won. Which championships mean more? What are you, kidding me? That's as dumb as a... Tim Duncan played his whole career in one spot. Shaq, for the most part, played... Well, he played for three teams, but he played lengthy spots in each scenario. Bird was a Celtic. Magic was a Laker. Curry a, a, is a Golden State Warrior. Jordan was a Bull. There is something to be said about staying put for your whole career in one city. Durant thinks that look at all the buzz I created and all the hits we got on ESPN and all the discussion we got on ESPN by me doing what I did going somewhere else. Ah, come on. That is a guy who's completely out of touch, who was, who's, who was not talking to the sports fan. And remember, the NBA fan is not necessarily a sport. I mean a sports fan who loves sports or the sports. The, the NBA, the college, the, anything. Wimbledon, the Masters, all the NFL, college football, every, like me. That fan is turned off by what these guys do. That's not to say we're not going to watch Durant try to help Phoenix win a championship, but it's not the same. And they get tired of that too. And Kyrie's going to bail out of Dallas. You lose all your credibility. It kills your image. And for him not to even think that is absolutely absurd. I mean, it's, it's, it's I mean, geez. Yeah, come on. I mean, have a clue. And by the way, I can't tell you how many texts I got from old NBA players or thoughts I got from old NBA players about this physicality scenario in the 80s. The idea that they're as physical now as they were in the 80s. Oh, come on. I can't tell you how many people said, you know, because we had that little issue with J.J. Lance. I can't. Uh, unbelievable. Go watch YouTube in the 80s. Go watch, you know, ruling Mayhorn against the Celtics. Go watch Isaiah driving down the middle against Malone. Go watch Detroit bang Jordan around all over the place the years the Pistons beat them. Go watch a Nick Heat game in, in postseason play. Go watch Riley's Knicks play somebody. Go watch Riley's Knicks play Jordan. Go watch Rambis get smacked and clotheslined by, by McHale in, in, in an NBA championship in a finals game. And then tell me that the physical, I mean, if Rambus, if McHale did that today, he would be suspended for 40 games if he did what he did to Rambus. Changed the whole series. Isaiah, what did he get, about 50 stitches when he ran into Malone? And Malone clocked him in the head. How many stitches did he get? I can't tell you how many people, to, including Justin Termini, who had a lot of the NBA, get, I guess Dominique and everything else, uh, you know, 
you you touch Curry, you touch a player right now, he's going to the free throw line. They don't, that should be physical. The game doesn't lend itself to physicality anyway because all the game is about is shooting threes and, you know, doing, and dunking and all those things. It's not a physical game. It's not a low post game. Everybody's facing the basket from the perimeter. Very few guys got a back to the basket getting more of the physicality. It's a different kind of game. Not saying it's, and I think it's worse because there's no balance to the game. I mean, let me tell you something right now. If, if some of these guys, if Jerry Sloan and Norm Van Leer were playing basketball right now, Curry would not be able to get out of the locker room with having, without having black and blue marks all over his body. Would not get out of his, would not be able to get out of the visiting club out, visiting locker room. A lot of people contacted me about that. Oh my God, a lot. Ex-players, believe it or not, surprisingly. I do have a couple of relationships with ex-players and coaches. Go ask Chuck Daly if you can, about physicality. Go ask Moses Malone, if you can, unfortunately he passed, about physicality. Go ask and see what those guys have to say. Anyway, uh, uh, he got 40 stitches, Isaiah and Malone. What year was that, Eddie? I don't even know. I think he got 40 stitches in that scenario. But the Durant and Kyrie thing, if, if I was the commissioner, I couldn't say anything because it's a player league. I would cringe every time they said something. Cringe. Every time I would cringe. Just, just don't say anything about how, you know, trades are good for the league and I want to be traded and just don't so, or I'm going to support this documentary. Just don't say anything at all. Don't say anything. It gets, it gets them in trouble. And I don't know who's Durant's. I know the agent protects him, so maybe the agent only tells him what he wants to hear. I, I don't know that. And the agent gets what he wants because Durant now has bailed out of Oklahoma City. He bailed out of Golden State. Now, he was a free agent in both scenarios, and he's bailed out of the Nets. So, I mean, I don't know exactly. Uh, that he, didn't, he was not a free agent with the Nets. He was with the other two. Uh, I don't know exactly uh, where that is about. But uh, uh, if Durant, uh, I, I will take him to, a, I'll take him to many a grocery store, I'll take him many uh, to a public golf links. I'll take him to many a spot where uh, I'll take him to many a high school. High, the, the, you can't go by high schools because young kids love the NBA player. But boy, oh boy, I'll take him to many a person who's a season ticket holder, a loose seminar, and we'll find out how many people say, geez, really? You think it's good that you're getting moved every five seconds and demand to be traded? It makes a joke. Now, maybe it's me. Maybe the old fogey who goes back to the old days is me who loves the guy on the one team forever, especially the great player. But again, barring a, uh, uh, this has nothing to do with Durant's playing ability because when Durant starts to play and he gets in the mix with Booker and Paul, and I know they lost a lot of their supporting cast, but they got Booker and Paul. And I know it didn't work with Harden and Kyrie. And sometimes when you always bounce around, you know, I mean, that famous Nash, Kobe, Dwight Howard scenario there in Phoenix, which never with in L.A., which never worked. Harden never worked here with these two in New York. Harden and Paul never worked. I mean, sometimes when you lock them all in, it's a disaster. Uh, but barring a major issue, you would think that the three of them will have a hell of a chance, hell of a chance to win championship. Hell of a chance. And I'm begging the league to do something about these. All sports. Let's not just pick on the NBA. All sports. To do something about these all-stars. 
Uh, It is an unwatchable. It's football. It's hockey. It's the NBA. And it's Major League Baseball. They are unwatchable events. I don't care who wins the baseball all-star game. The NHL. The Pro Bowl. Flag football. Really? And the NBA. I could care less. Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Mad Dog Daily Bite is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.